Hello, hello, you fabulous designer. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 230. We are talking about the big reveal, and we have an amazing guest, Boston's best, Dane Austin. We're talking about that moment where you've done all the heavy lifting and the hard work, and the client is going to walk through the door and go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. As with everything we teach at Business of Design, you don't prepare for this moment four weeks ahead of time or six weeks ahead of time. You prepare for this moment at the consultation and you prepare the client for this moment at the consultation. The majority of our conversation about the big reveal landed in this episode you're going to hear today. There is a portion that we carved out for MoBOD, the members only podcast. That's where you, dedicated members, get to listen to a short podcast with no announcements, no commercials. It's our way of saying thank you and keeping everyone on the same footing as you're progressing in a linear fashion, linear and logical fashion, through those big BOD 15, Business of Design 15-step project management strategy. Before we get to the episode, I am just going to do a check-in. Anyone else feel like they're saying no a lot these days? No, we aren't going to be able to reschedule the installation for August, even though you are now ready. No, The contractor isn't available to come and do one powder room this summer. No, we're not going to be able to install brand new outdoor furniture next month because everything is out of stock. No, it won't be ready for Christmas time. Yes, I know it's June or I know it's July. It still won't be ready for Christmas time. I have a phone call scheduled this morning with clients, and we were scheduled to do this installation about nine months ago, and then complications with COVID. So first their building wouldn't allow it, and then they didn't feel comfortable. So we actually have rescheduled this installation three times, and now I think they're upset because we can't do it in August as we'd hoped. And we can't do it in August as we'd hoped. Because the contractor is going to take a vacation during the month of August, hasn't had a vacation in two years. And the cabinet installer can squeeze us in in August, but he can't do his work until the contractor comes in and does his work. Our hands are kind of tied. And once again, no is the answer of the week, the month. Even though it can be hard to say no, I have learned from experience that a clear Unqualified no is actually less painful in the long run for clients and for me. The minute I start to justify it or dance, the clients will figure out a loophole and I'll get myself backed into a corner. So send me good vibes, everybody. I got a few more no's to dole out this week, and then I'm hoping it's going to turn to a yes summer. I also hope it's a yes summer for you, wherever you are. Let me tell you about Dane. He is Dane Austin, the principal of Dane Austin Design, a luxury residential interior design firm, which he founded in 2009. He is based in Boston and also works in Washington, D.C., 
He specializes in Back Bay brownstones, Georgetown residences, and luxury high-rises. He's a graduate of Corcoran School of Art and Design, Arts and Design at the George Washington University, and he also studied the history of decorative arts at Sotheby's Institute of Art in London, and he attended, are you ready for this, the Institut d'Etudes Supérieures des Arts in Paris. Yes, I totally, totally butchered the French. I'll ask Dane how to say that better. He was most recently honored with the Five Under 40 Award in a career of numerous accolades celebrating New England's most exceptional emerging design talent. His projects have been featured in Architectural Digest, El Decor, House Beautiful, The Washington Post, and The Boston Globe. He's currently finishing a renovation and a decoration of his own home, which is a 1905 Gambrel shingle-style home in Boston, and I asked him about that during the episode as well. Here's someone I ask a lot of questions of. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn. Thanks so much for being here. How fun would it be to come home, Cheryl, one night, and your whole house is totally transformed? Wouldn't that be like the most fun? That would be awesome. I keep waiting for it to happen and it hasn't yet. (laughs) You keep trying to click your heels together three times. Yeah, there's a whole lot of things that happen before that moment, uh, which is what we're talking on the podcast about today. Dane's on the show today. He's so sweet. He is. Actually, um, he's going to be joining us uh, not this month for BOD Live, but the following. He had shared at a previous BOD Live meeting how um, sort of a little bit about his process when he shares his contract with with clients at the consultation. And uh, he sort of adds a little bit to what you do. So he's going to share that with us when we're talking about contracts in August. Right. Oh, right. He does a visual presentation. Like he, he makes like a splashy visual presentation of the contract, which I, I'm very excited to see what that's like. I may steal that idea. Yeah. So he's going to be sharing that with us and do the little presentation for our members on that call. So we'll be hearing from Dane again then too. Amazing. I'm, I so look forward to BOD Live. It feels for me like my posse. Like I just feel like I'm surrounded by my support network. It's just a moment where I learn so much. So I'm loving BOD Live. I'm so happy we initiated those. Yeah. And you know what, based on, um, just feedback from our members, what we're going to be doing over the summer for the next two is just sort of open conversations on specific topics rather than sort of planning ahead and having anything more structured. So, um, Coming up in July on the 21st, we're going to be talking about the BOD 15, Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy. And then in August, we'll be talking about contracts. And um, we're just going to be asking members to share you know, what they do, what works, what doesn't. And of course, asking questions to both you and the rest of the Business of Design community, answering for one another and sharing experiences in that way. So the next one is coming up um, where we're going to be talking about BOD 15. So that's July 21st. And it's going to be at 9 p.m. EST. So it's going to be an evening. Yeah, it's going to be an evening (laughs) meeting for our North American members because we want to accommodate our Australian members, so many of which wake up in the middle of the night to join us at our regular time. So we thought we'd uh, do, do our part to accommodate them. We're going to be uh, 9 p.m. EST, and they'll be joining us during business hours. 
on um, the 22nd, Thursday, the 22nd for them. So make sure that you all, yeah, all the details are on the website, but please make sure you check your local time and mark your calendar for the right time. Cause we've certainly had people miss it when we uh, switch things around like this, but details are on the website for that one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And not only that, we always focus on the Australians, but we do have like amazingly members in Ireland and uh, the United Kingdom and Nigeria. In fact, Joylene's podcast hasn't aired yet. I don't think has it. No, it hasn't, but I'm, I'm excited to listen to that conversation. Yeah. So I heard that. I saw the email exchange happening afterwards about how amazing the conversation was. So I'm excited to hear it. Well, it just, it just boggles my mind that I used to think whatever problems I were, I was having, I was the only one having them. The fact of the matter is like, they're having the same problems in Nigeria. They're having the same problems in Australia. They're having the same, it's just all the same. And so what that gives me such hope because if we can, if, you know, if I can fix it, you can fix it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and one thing that um, Joylene had shared with us after as part of the, the emails, and I apologize, I don't have it right in front of me, but she had shared that, you know, when she first signed up for membership, she didn't even know how she was going to pay for the, you know, 129 a month. And, um, you know, it's only been a few months and she doesn't ha- even have to think about it anymore. She just, she knows it's covered and she's, you know, made that big of strides in her business just in, in a couple of months. So yeah. that's, you know, great feedback for us and, and, knowing how quickly you can make a difference when you not only, you know, watch the programs and everything, but, um, you know, I know she's, um, hitting the ground running with it and really implementing as she goes. So it was really nice to hear. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it's, yeah, you're right. It's so gratifying to hear that. It's so gratifying to hear it. I can't wait for everyone to hear her episode. It's just so fun. Me too. Me too. Sorry. Did you hear my phone ring? No. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Okay. I silenced it as quickly as I could. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh dear. Oh dear. What do we, how do we end this bad boy? Uh, um, I'm looking forward to you coming over with the kiddos and hanging out. I know it's been so long. We were doing it every summer for a while. And then, you know, last year was kind of a write-off, but um, yeah, we're all getting together and, and Kathy from the design team and I haven't seen her in forever either I know. getting the kids together. So we're really excited. It feels like a summer and it feels, you know, a little piece of, you know, normal is coming back. So, yes, of course uh, it must be said the last time we got together, I gouged my leg open and ended up in the emergency (gasps) and then COVID, right? So it's like, we're hoping for boring this time. I'm hoping for just like a regular hangout. Let's do boring. (laughs) Let's do boring. I forgot about that. But yeah, it's it's always something, right? It's always something. But yeah, let's hope for boring. I'm okay with that. (laughs) All right. Have a boring week. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, I totally forgot that you gassed your leg Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Dane Austin, how are you? 
I'm doing great, Kimberly. How are you? I'm well. I'm thinking somehow you should have the Austin Powers music welcome you in or something. Like you have like the coolest TV name. That's funny. <laughs> Some of my friends joke that it's uh, one of the best things that my mom gave me other than life <laughs> was was my name. So I, 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 I'm, um, I like the name a lot too, so... Well done, mom. Yay. <laughs> Shout out to mom. Right? Mom's everywhere. Exactly. We are going to talk about a, a topic that I love, uh, which it has to do with the big reveal, right? I love that. Well, okay. No, I'm backing up. Do I love that moment? That moment terrifies me. Do you get the jitters right before the clients walk through the door? I never do, to be honest. I'm just so excited and elated for the client to see their space. And, you know, one thing they say, the difference between fear and excitement is the breath. So I just always take a moment to take a deep breath and enjoy the fact that we're about to welcome the client into the home and they're going to love it. Wow. Okay. So that actually, that's a really good tip, but I'm, I don't know anybody who doesn't get a little jittery. Like that's kind of like a superpower, Dane Austin with the best name. Now you, now you need like a cape. I, <laughs> I guess so. I, I just, uh, I really enjoy that moment. I mean, it is truly what I live for in this, in this practice of design is the moment that the client walks through the door and we welcome them home into their new space. It's, it is my greatest joy to, to welcome them into the, into the newly designed home and walk them through and discuss all the details and point out all the little secrets and um, nice surprises that we've left along the way. And they just love it. Oh my gosh. So I don't really get nervous about it because I really do. I just, I live for that moment. So it's, it's, it's not really ever nerve wracking for me. Um, maybe sometimes people on the team are like, you know, a little nervous. Are they going to like this or are they going to like that? But I, I, um, I'm very, very confident when it comes to that. So are you, I wonder if this is, you're not shy, are you? Do you get shy? I do actually. Yes, I, I do get shy. Um, I'm sort of an extroverted introvert of sorts. Right, I yeah. Um, I, I definitely enjoy uh, big events and, and the hoorah and all the pomp and circumstance and celebration. But then I very much need some time to rest and recover uh, after those big moments. So I actually usually always schedule a massage directly after an install and a big reveal. And Drop. Just, just as a way for, for me to get, you know, myself uh, recharged. Okay. I was going to say drop the mic because that's like the best device ever. I've never once done that for myself, but I have an install coming up this month and I'm going to book the massage now. That's a great tip right there. Okay. We're done. Great show. Thanks for coming on, Dane. <laughs> All right. So you're not, you're feeling confident as your client is about to enter. That tells me that you probably have been preparing for this moment since the first meeting with the client. So walk us through how you get to the place where you're ultra confident that you've got it nailed when that client comes through the door. Start at the very beginning, if you don't mind. 
Sure. Well, we try to just keep clients aware of the process every step of the way. I really love having your 15 steps as an outline and a tool to use to implement as our guideline for systems and processes. But we figured out a way to make each one of those steps our own. And how do you make each one of those steps feel special? And, you know, everyone lives for the big reveal or reveal day or the grand reveal or whatever you like to call it. But so much planning goes into that. And we try to let clients know from the beginning that we're going to walk them through the process and it's not always going to be easy. There's going to be some pickups along the way and it's just a matter of how we deal with it. And we'll take each step as it comes and we try to celebrate those steps uh, as we hit each marker and milestone. And so in our client communications, we'll say, okay, we're just wrapping up step two. You've signed your letter of agreement. We have the retainer in hand. Now we're scheduling for trade day. And we explain there's a lot involved with this. There are a lot of moving parts. We're putting it all together for you on the back end. And uh, so when we are hitting those milestones, we celebrate them and we just point it out along the way. And one of the the big ones, of course, the one that everyone lives for is the grand reveal. And um, a lot of planning goes into that in the sense that there are multiple layers to get to that point. And we always talk about a project in three phases. The first phase being the shell of the space or the cocoon. And that would be the uh, flooring, rugs and carpet, the uh, wall coverings, paint, uh, wallpaper, the window treatments, and uh, decorative lighting fixtures. That's sort of the shell or the cocoon of the space. And then you have the larger upholstery pieces and case goods, uh, which is you know all the main furnishings for the space. But then that third layer, that final layer, is kind of the most important one. And a lot of clients aren't really thinking about that when they start the project. That third layer the accessories and the personal touches, that's what really gives the room a soul. So we are trying to point out on the front end that it's very important for us to save a good portion of the budget or allocate a portion of the budget, or at least to be expecting that you're going to spend anywhere from approximately 20 to 30% of your overall budget on accessories. And that may include anything from side tables and floor lamps and some artwork, a mirror, throw blankets, a basket to put them in, trays on the coffee table, beautiful vases, um, you know, a box to store your remotes, all of those things, bedding. These are not things that we necessarily pick out on the front end because we're thinking big picture. Again, that's working from the outside in. And it's just really important to make sure that you make that a key part of your processes is is to allocate the funds for that upfront and save it. And so I like the way that you do this, Kimberly, with your styling process is to mention upfront that you're going to have approximately a meeting approximately two to six weeks prior to install and figure out all those little details. And we actually just had one of those meetings yesterday for a client who we're installing in a couple of weeks. And we go through room by room and we talk about what, what do you feel like needs to be in this room to finish the space? And she will give us feedback and then we'll say, okay, well, we also think that we need a side table next to the sofa and perhaps uh, a little, um, ottoman in front of that chair and 
uh, throw a blanket over the edge of the sofa because you're, it's your television. And we'll talk through those details together and make sure that we're on the same page. Oftentimes we're suggesting many more pieces than the client is thinking about even. Right. And, and other times I'm surprised that we're on the same page. Oh, there's so much to unpack in this that's so good. But I think one of the big takeaways for people listening is you have to introduce this subject at the beginning because you don't want to find yourself at the end and they're broke after buying the sofa and you can't finish the room because, Dane, you tell everybody, what happens if you don't accessorize, if you don't style? What's the end result of the project? Well, the end result is that you don't have magazine-ready photographs or magazine ready interiors in order to get those photographs. But then the client also is left a little lackluster. And I feel like you're doing them a disservice when you haven't thought about the accessories on the front end and the styling portion of things, because they will run out of money or they will run out of patience because people always tend to experience a little design fatigue. And, you know, and in, years past, there might've been times where I, it would seem as if uh, we were springing it on them. Like, oh, by the way, we need another $30,000 so that we can buy you some blankets and pillows and throws. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? No, right. we'll, we'll do that ourselves. <laughs> right, right. And then you, not only do you not get photographs that are not worthy, you not only do you leave the client feeling disappointed that it doesn't quite look like she envisioned in a magazine, but then her friends come over and say, oh, this is this is good, um, but it's not great, right? And then that means right. no repeat business probably and no referral business. So it's just, it's a bad, bad policy not to talk about that up front. And there are, are a whole bunch of designers who are afraid of this. And the good news is you could hire someone to do this part for you. If you're really afraid of this process, hire a stylist who comes with a photographer and get it done properly so your clients will love you. But you don't skip it. Well, I also think there's a big difference between styling for the client and styling for photos. Mm -hmm. And that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> but, you know, we, we will bring things in that we know the client will love, but it might be a little too kitschy or cute for what we're trying to have in, in the portfolio. Uh, and so there are times when we, we will bring in pieces that we know the client will not necessarily keep or that they don't want to spend the money on or invest in, and we'll use them for photos. But in the end, we we'll take the photos and then bring in the pieces that fill in those areas in order for the client reveal. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's just a matter of knowing your client, understanding their budget, what, what they value. Some people love having $6,000 of matuk or fete bedding and other clients just can't imagine spending that kind of money on bedding. <laughs> and, you know, I'm okay with either way and I want it to look fantastic. And I know that your bed will look beautiful if you allow us to dress it, but we have to address the fact that that's going to be part of the process and it will cost something either way. And what are you comfortable spending? And just getting that, that range from the client is so important so that you're not plugging in expensive pieces that they would never go for. And then it feels like you're not really listening or paying attention. This is where I reveal myself to be a terrible person because the reality is I do plug in expensive pieces. I don't think my client, 
I, I think my client may not choose to purchase, but very often they do. When they see it in the space, very often they say, oh my gosh, it's ridiculous, but we're going to buy it because we just can't imagine the coffee table without that bowl or whatever it is, right? And I have found that yes. to be, you're so right about the styling for photographs is different, um, but a lot of times the the stylist will do both. They'll do everything for the clients and then add in those extras for the camera. But I have found, I have styled that house down to the last piece of cutlery in the drawer. And then we come in for photography. We bring a couple things that are different because we know they're going to show great. And the client wants to buy those anyway, even though she already has enough things on the coffee table. She just loved how it looks. So it's just kind of a win-win. But uh, do you ever, hmm, I know so many designers will feel obligated, that's the right word, obligated to stick within the budget the client gives them for styling when in fact the client cannot have any idea how much money it's going to cost to properly style the house, right? Right. Well, I, you gave a statistic recently in one of the podcasts that said, whatever the client thinks it should cost, it will 100% be double what they think it should cost. Like it will almost always be twice what they think they should spend. And yeah. so that's just one of those conversations that you have to have and get comfortable having with the clients. So, you know, if they say that they only want to spend 10000 in accessories, I know that we'll probably end up putting $20,000 worth of accessories in a room or uh, maybe it's an, uh, an entire house for, for some people, uh, depending on the budget of the, the space. But um, I, I take their idea of what the budget should be. And then we talk through all the little details of what, what it is they're looking for. And I kind of very quickly on the phone in the meeting with them uh, jot down what each of the things are for each space, what all the accessories are, and then put a number next to them and add it all up. And I say, okay, this is what I'm coming to, what I reasonably can expect that you will have to spend in order to make the space feel finished with that third layer. Are you comfortable spending this amount? And uh, once you talk through it with a client, of course, your ideal client is going to be understanding. And most of the time they'll say, that's great. That sounds, a, that sounds reasonable. I, I get it. And, and if they don't, if they say that's a little too high, that's out of my comfort zone, then you can always dial it back. And it also might just change where you're going to shop for something. So rather than buying a whole bunch of accessories from off the showroom floor at Kravit, maybe you're, you end up going to, uh, another local store that has similar pieces that you can find at a more, uh, more affordable price. Um, I think when it comes to key accessories, decorative fixtures, like key, you know, if you're buying Christopher Spitzel mailer lamps, for example, right. uh, then you're going to likely propose those along with the, with the main furnishings. Right. However, if you are just needing a little one-off like table lamp that you can pick up from, a local shop uh, in your area, then you, you may not have to get pre-approval and the client will, you know, they'll love it when they see it in the space. They may not have been thinking that, oh, we're going to need a little lamp on that entry console. Um, they just let you order the custom entry console, but didn't necessarily think about what was going to be on it. So um, I also will go above what the budget comfort level is knowing that they're likely going to find some more pieces that they 
enjoy having in their home. Um, What would you say to the client who says, you know, I don't know if I need styling. We have a lot of vases and I already have a throw and, you know, maybe we just want the first couple of layers and then we'll finish the styling ourselves. For that client, I would say that we would love to use your pieces as much as possible. Again, that makes the space feel far more personal and gives the room a soul. And we would greatly appreciate the opportunity to style it in the way that we know best. And you'll be quite happy when you come home and see everything in place. And even if you don't keep half of it, that's fine with us. We can take it back and they're going to keep it. <laughs> I mean, in, right. in my experience, your, your ideal client is going to keep a good portion of it because they will, they will see that it's done. So for those clients who, who have a lot of accessories and things that they would like to work in, maybe they have a lot of photographs, you know, family photos and frames and things, then we certainly place those into the space and sometimes that's you know that becomes part of the the difference between the photo shoot and the client reveal like we're we're not necessarily going to put family photos all over the the bookshelves that we've just had built in but we'll take photos of the space styled the way that we we know that a magazine would like it and the way it's going to look great in a portfolio and then we reset it and put all of their pieces back in place for for them so uh, we, we do still leave a good portion of accessories and things that we know makes the space feel finished and if you're working with your ideal client they are going to end up seeing that you're right, you know, as an artist that like the space feels finished. Have you ever had to deal with the awkward uh, situation where the client, I'll, I'll just give you an example that happened to us. The client had a painting that they loved and they wanted that prominently in the living room. And I thought it was, I just hated it. And we had to do the photography and I took that painting down and I put another painting up and the clients said, you didn't, you don't like our painting. It was so uncomfortable. And I'm like, you know, it's just not the right feel for the room. I think it's a great painting. I just truly don't think it belongs in the living room. Oh, why didn't you say so? And then we moved it. But it was, they were so devoted to that painting. It like, I got off my game. Have you ever had a situation like that? Oh, can I ask you, when did they tell you that they were surprised that you took it down? Did they see the photos or were they there for the photo shoot or how, how did that scenario play out? They came home at the end of the day when we were doing the photo shoot and saw it and thought that the new painting looked great. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's great. Okay. Well, I have to say we, we have certainly borrowed artwork uh, as needed for spaces Um, You know, artwork is one of those tricky things when it comes to the magazines. Um, I do think that you should really study the magazines that you would like to be featured in and know what it is that they would look for when it comes down to the florals and the artwork. Um, They can make and break a photo for you and whether or not uh, the magazine is interested in running it. So, uh, for example, if you look through El Decor, you'll notice that there's not a lot of artwork at times. Uh, there might just be beautiful glass grass cloth on the on the walls and some you know beautiful furnishings, but there, there it's there's not a lot of art. Uh, it's a, it's usually beautiful objects and kind of minimal at times um, because the art can be very distracting. So there are times when we will photograph a space without artwork, and then we will photograph the space with the artwork. 
because we want to be able to give the magazine options. And we also would love to be able to see how the space looks with or without it. And just the same as photographing, you know, with the light, a feature light on or with the light off, you, you want the option when you're photographing. So um, sometimes we do borrow artwork and put it in place on approval for a client and they will, some, they will end up buying some pieces. Well, if we haven't addressed the art on the front end, I mean, I come from a very artistic background. I studied at a, a private art school. Um, and so art is always a, a big, of, of, of big importance to us and our, our projects. And for clients, um, we're, we often do a custom piece or two or several in some cases, if the client doesn't already have a great art collection. Right. Sometimes they have very important pieces in their collection. And other times they don't really think about artwork at all. And, and it really the, runs the gamut. And so uh, I love doing custom art, art pieces for a room. And that is something that you should generally talk about on the front end, especially if there's like a key feature wall. I will often point out to a client as part of our initial walkthrough, like these are clearly the art walls. These are the spaces in which we would need to have a great piece of art. Do you have anything in your collection? Do you have anything at another property that you might like to use here? And if not, can we offer some gallery? and gallerists that we would partner with and maybe make something custom for you if we don't find something off of the gallery floor that you love or in, in, a, in an artist's portfolio. Such good advice. And I'm glad you brought up that you went away to this fancy school in Paris because in the introduction, I completely butchered the name and you probably can say it better than I can, but here's my best attempt. I think it's Institut d'études supérieures des arts. Is that close? <laughs> You would know far better than I because yeah. I do not uh, speak the language well. And I always say the Institute of Studies for Superior Arts. <laughs> Why didn't I know that off the top of the show? That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, French oh. is just mean. It's just a, such a, it's so beautiful. I find that accent to be extremely difficult. And in fact, when I'm doing my best and I'm spending a lot of time, more time than I am right now, for example, in, in Europe or in France, and I'm really getting the hang of the language, people ask me if I'm Spanish, if I'm from Spain, because I apparently speak French with a Spanish accent. So I don't know. I can't get it. It's too hard. Um, but you clearly learned a lot. And uh, in your in your vast experience of study, and you've put it to practical use, and your firm is just on fire. You're doing so well. How does that feel? Oh, that's giving me chills, Kimberly. It's so nice to hear you you say that, and I appreciate it so much. Um, I'm always humbled by the moment that a person like shows me that I'm successful or points it out. Um, because I feel like as humans, you know, we are always taught to continue to strive and to be better and to keep going and to, to want more and to do more. And uh, it was actually my yoga instructor who said it to me a couple of years ago, like, you know, it must feel good to, uh, to be successful. And it made me pause. And I was like, wow, I, I am successful in my career. And I have worked so hard to get where I am. And I made sure that I followed all the right steps. I knew that I wanted to do interior design from an early age and I went to the right schools in order to have that education. I worked for other designers to learn the process. I, I've, I've worked with business coaches to teach me how to do the best I can within my, my systems and processes and for growing as a, as a company. And 
and it's nice, you know, to hear that that's reflected and, and people can see that uh, because when, when you're in it, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just continue to push yourself. Right. And so it, it does, it feels wonderful. I'm, I'm grateful for the clients that come our way and who understand the process. I'm so grateful for the wonderful friendships and relationships that we have been able to form with our vendors and artists and showrooms and reps and all the people that support us because I think of myself as an as as a maestro or you know the conductor of a symphony and I may not know how to play the flute but I'm going to hire the best flutist I can and I may not know how to play the cello but I will find you the best celloist that I can and in order to produce the best work possible and I, I, I'm I'm just grateful for those relationships that I'm able to foster and to have our A team, as you often say, and, you know, all of our trades get to know each other on trade day and uh, from one project to the next, they become friendly and they start referring each other business and doing other mm -hmm. projects together. And so we make it a point to share our gratitude with all of those various people within our our group, our network, um, because we, it wouldn't be possible without them. I think a lot of clients don't understand that in order to get that one beautiful dining room space completed for them, there are two dozen people involved in the right. process <laughs> from the, the showroom reps and the vendors and the painter and faux finish artist and the people who you order the, the drapery from and the hardware and where you source your fabric and your trim and who you're ordering your custom furnishings from and the warehouse and the receiver. And it, it's dozens, you know, dozens of people to bring that one room to life. And my name is on it, but yeah. I share I try to make it a point to share the gratitude and to share their information to whomever I can when we're pitching a story. So it might be Dane Austin Design as the umbrella, but within that, we worked with just this GC and this um, architect and this faux finish artist and this paint company. Mm -hmm. And we actually provide all, all of that information to the magazines when they're going to be published. We don't get to uh, pick and choose who they're going to incorporate or include right. but we try to make sure everyone at some point gets a mention and if there's someone when we look back and think you know they haven't mentioned our painter in a while let's ask specifically could you be sure to give them a shout out in this article wow. you know or, or just to just to share the love I'm so happy to see you own your success. And I know that that can feel uncomfortable, but the truth of the matter is there are a whole bunch of amazing designers listening right now, and they deserve to know it's possible to be a big success in this industry. And I'm sure you would agree with me that there's nothing so special about us. We worked hard. Maybe we have a little bit of raw talent, but if we can be successful, they can be successful too. And I just... I love everything about this beautiful human being. Dane, you're invited to come back anytime you like. Um, we like to Thank end you. every episode with design intervention. Oh, goodness. Um, it's funny. One of the keys that I had jotted down was to share the love and pay it forward, which I think I sort of just talked about, uh, you know, just always making people aware of, of your appreciation and, and gratitude and sending, sending your thanks because you know, it just boils down to relationships and having, having uh, a good 
rapport with the people who support you. Right. You know, people want to work with those who they know, they like, and they trust. And yeah. so if, if you are always sharing your gratitude and being grateful to your trades and, you know, sending a little gift certificate to their favorite restaurant or, you know, a Starbucks gift card, um, chocolates on occasion or something like that. Like they're, they're very appreciative, but, um, I would say as, as, as a second, uh, detail, um, I would say that you, it's important to be selective with the clients with whom you take on and make sure that you're trying to find ideal clients to work with. Uh, that you don't take a project just because you want to prove that you can do it, you know, to right. take on anything that comes your way and just you're going to be opening yourself up to a lot of frustration and to pay attention to those red flags when you recognize that they might not be a good fit. And sometimes it's hard to spot them, but don't be afraid to walk away when, when, <laughs> when the issues come out. Yeah. That took a lot to understand in the process is that, um, you don't have to put up with uh, a, a negative client and you can fulfill your, your end of the bargain as much as possible. But if, you know, they're struggling to make decisions or they don't understand the fact that they have to uh, raise their expectations uh, for, for the budget in order to en encompass everything that they'd like to do within a project. Um, and, and if they're, they're not willing to, to be compromising or understanding, then, you don't have to stick with that client. It's okay to let them go. Good advice as usual. Um, are you really renovating a Gambrel house? And when do we all get to come over and see it? <laughs> we are actually. The, um, it is a project that has been uh, a few years in the making. And it's a, a historic home. It's 1905. Um, it was built in 1905. And there are so many quirks and oddities and and relics of architecture that we are really enjoying the process i love working in historic homes i mean uh, i think it's just so fun to see what you uh can do w with some of the the strange like or oddities within the architecture of those types of spaces and you know sometimes stripping down the things that are crazy um overly ornate or or which which portions of it do you preserve and and make and highlight you know what's worth what's worth keeping um i it is a it's a fun process but that one is a it's it that one is um <laughs> it's it's in the making it's in the work still all right uh, we we all are... want an invitation when it's ready we all want an invitation when it's ready <laughs> it was great speaking with you thank you so much for sharing so generously with everyone it's my pleasure kimberly i adore you and cheryl and i've listened to you all for many years i've been a member for many years and i would just say i recommend to anyone who's who's in the business that it's great to to have you and cheryl to to fall back on in reference to continue to learn and improve your own business so i would just love to ask anyone that's interested to follow along with us at a colorful life on instagram that's a colorful life like f-u-l-l-l-i-f-e and uh, if you want to sign up to our business letter on our uh, website daneaustindesign.com we have a journal and a newsletter that comes out and we provide tips and tricks to um 
design enthusiasts, whether you're designers or clients. So we'd love for you, for you to follow along in the process and, and just continue to share with you. Absolutely. Everybody will do that. Dane, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.